May is Fibromyalgia Awareness Month. It's important to raise awareness about this chronic and often debilitating invisible illness known as fibromyalgia. This month-long campaign is an opportunity to educate people about the symptoms, causes, and treatments of fibromyalgia, as well as to show support for those living with these and other related invisible illnesses. Through increased awareness, we can work towards better understanding and management of fibromyalgia and ultimately improve the quality of life for those who are affected by it. And now on to this week's episode. This is the Conquering Your Fibromyalgia podcast. I am your host, Dr. Michael Lenz. I am a pediatrician and internal medicine physician. I've been a physician for over 25 years. I'm also certified in lifestyle medicine and clinical lipidology. I also am author of the book, Conquering Your Fibromyalgia, Real Answers and Real Solutions for Real Pain, both available in book form and in audiobook through Audible. I've developed a passion over the years to help those who are struggling with fibromyalgia and related problems and want to weave the best of medical management with lifestyle to help go beyond just learning to live with, but to conquering and even reversing or putting into remission the struggles of fibromyalgia and related problems. Remember, this podcast is for informational purposes only and does not replace a visit with your physician. And now on to this week's episode. Today we get to talk about the role a healthy lifestyle has on fibromyalgia and related problems. And today we're going to focus on diet and talk about the effect inflammation has on our health and also the role diet has on that. And to do that, we're going to get a chance to listen to Joy Lenz. And with no further ado, welcome to the podcast. Hi, so I'm Joy Lenz. I've been a registered dietitian for more than 20 years, and I started more in the healthcare hospital settings, and more recently then, I did do a lot of cooking classes and culinary stuff, and nowadays I work from home and I do online nutrition work. So today I'd like to talk to you about some of the information about inflammation and the immune system and what you can do to Uh, as far as your diet goes, to boost that. Did you know that 70% of your immune system is in your gut? So as you can imagine, it is so important to nourish yourself well. And so what I'm going to do is talk about a few things. First of all, so six tips to help boost your immune system when it comes to food. All right. So The first thing that I would say is that you do want to minimize the high fat foods and the high sugar foods. So in other words, too, that's really going to be a lot of the processed foods. You want to minimize fat and sugar with that processed foods, but you do, what we're going to talk about that you do want to do is really boost your fiber. Okay, and that's going to be in the plant foods. So number two then is for this immune system is to really focus on cruciferous vegetables. So that's things like the broccoli and cauliflower, the dark, deep, 
green kale or cabbage. Those are some of the examples of that. So get lots of cruciferous vegetables. Um, I use kale in smoothies. I love to steam broccoli and cauliflower in stir fries. Uh, Same thing with cabbage. I use that a lot in stir fries. I love cabbage in salads. And um, I use all of them in soup as well. So there's lots of different ways you can get your cruciferous vegetables. Um, Number three then would be to really focus on getting fruit. And you know, um, citrus fruits are so loaded with vitamin C, but try to get whole fruits. Um, Fruits are a great way to start the day and then eat them throughout the day as well. Number four, I would say is try to get lots of legumes or beans, uh, lentils, for example, as well. So you can have... um, maybe like a sweet potato with black beans and salsa or lots of different soup recipes out there that you can use beans in as well. And uh, just tonight, for example, I made um, lentil meatballs. So I made little meatballs and I use lentils instead. Lentils are a great substitution for all the recipes um, that are out there for ground beef. You can substitute lentils instead. So trying to get some of those legumes or beans. And another tip then, number five, I would say is try to get some of the sources of the omega-3s. So that's going to be those seeds like flax seeds or chia seeds or hemp seeds and some of the nuts as well. Uh, Vitamin E is important for your immune system and a great source of vitamin E is almonds or, for example, sunflower seeds. And number six then is is really looking at the whole grains. So I think of uh, like brown rice or barley, uh, quinoa, wheat berries, uh, farro, different whole grains. And you can just, um, or oats, for example, too, another easy one there. So just trying to look at some of the variety of those. And if you are choosing ones that are gluten-free, that's fine. Just try to get a variety of whole grains. So those are my six tips for boosting your immune system. Um, I also do want to just mention, though, you know, sleep is so important and getting adequate exercise and trying to minimize your stress. Those really, really do wreak havoc on the immune system. So those are important too. But remember, 70% of the immune system is in the gut. So we want to nourish your gut with the things above that I mentioned. Well, thanks so much for sharing that. Mentioning vitamin E and other vitamins, looking back probably more in the 90s, they recognized that people who had the highest levels of vitamins like beta carotene and vitamin E, which are great anti-inflammatory substances, they thought, well, why don't we just give people vitamins? And it turned out just giving the people the vitamins didn't actually help that much and in some cases actually appeared to cause more harm than benefit. That was really disappointing. And it turns out there's no replacing the natural vital chemicals or plant chemicals you get from eating the whole plant foods. So as we talk about um, more specifically inflammation, can you tell us more about some things that can alleviate inflammation that's often 
maybe comorbid or coexisting in those who have fibromyalgia may have rheumatoid arthritis or lupus maybe occur and uh, coexist with fibromyalgia. And sometimes some triggers for fibromyalgia can be, or things that can amplify pain can be inflammation. So share some uh, tips for helping alleviate inflammation. Okay, so a couple other things then now for specific inflammation. Um, There's been lots of studies done with garlic and onions. And I highly encourage people to use garlic and onions and to saute them or to um, use them on salads or in stir fries, uh, soups as well. So they're really beneficial for inflammation. Um, One of those spices out there, turmeric, is um, their curcumin is in there, is the one of the ingredients. And turmeric has been found to be really anti-inflammatory as well. So sprinkle in turmeric whenever you can into your different soups or um, different um, maybe like casseroles or something like that. And then another thing would be using ginger is amazing. So Uh, You can cut little pieces of ginger and put it in your tea, or uh, I use lots of ginger in different, um, like, stir-fry recipes. And tea is amazing, too. So the green tea or chamomile tea. So all of those things are different anti-inflammatory foods. That's great. And are there any foods that are pro-inflammatory or foods that you would like to invo- avoid if you want to reduce unhealthy inflammation in your body? So I would say you'd want to really look at the sugar consumption in your diet. So sugar is on nutrition labels, but it's also in so many different things. So we really want to get rid of sugar as much as possible. Um, and also we want to really try to cut back or eliminate processed foods and really aim for more of the whole foods, the whole grains, whole fruits and vegetables, like I said before. We also want to really avoid or cut back on the high fat foods, the fried foods, uh, different things like that. And then um, in general, animal products do increase the the um the the bad byproducts in our gut and so we the more it is been more beneficial to you eat more um, plant foods as well and then the last thing that i would say definitely is to avoid or really minimize would be alcohol and those are things that you want to keep in mind then for decreasing your inflammation sugar fat and animal products and alcohol all of those sound like great tips to help and people with fibromyalgia, unfortunately, also suffer from other medical problems. And some of those include diabetes and high blood pressure, heart disease as well. Can you just share some general nutrition advice for other health problems and just good general health Sure. So just some different tips here. I have seven that I listed out. Um, so I would say the first one is preparation beats motivation. In other words, when you're prepared 
and you know and you have a plan, that's going to help you versus if you just are relying on your own motivation, that's going to wane when things get tough. But if you're prepared, you're going you're gonna to be better off. So preparation beats motivation. So have a plan. I, when I work with people, I really encourage them to at least do a menu. If it's not seven days, that's a lot. But just have a three or four day menu planned out so you know what you're going to be eating for at least the next three or four days. And in that time, then maybe you can try a new recipe or you know, pick one of the little goals that you have as far as nutrition and include it in that plan to help keep you on track. Number two, I would say, is eat breakfast uh, and focus more, like I was talking about earlier, on the whole foods with different fruits or uh, things with oatmeal in them. You can have whole grain toast, uh, smoothies, different things than using as much whole food. In my smoothies, I love to put in my greens, uh, but have a good breakfast with some good plants right away at the beginning of the day. All right, number three would be to avoid snacking or all the processed snacks at least and really focus on just eating fruits or vegetables more so as a snack. They're going to be really low in calories, but high in nutrients. So that's what you're aiming for. And number four, then, I would say is swap the drinks uh, that you are drinking that have lots of calories and swap them with water or tea. So that's what you really want to focus on is stay hydrated for sure, but you want to stay hydrated with the, the drinks that don't have calories. And like I mentioned before, tea is really awesome for our immune health and our anti-inflammatory. So drink tea. And number five, then I would say cook at home as much as possible. Um, you know, when you go eat out, it just really tends to... Um, pack on a lot of calories because a lot of times at restaurants, you know, their portion sizes are bigger or they're using a lot of oil. So as much as possible, just having people cook more at home, and I think we saw that kind of during the pandemic, um, was helpful in a lot of ways. So I definitely encourage people to try to cook at home more. And then number six is also try to be as consistent as possible with meal times and don't eat late at night. So really think about what time am I eating and do you need to make some adjustments? Can you make some adjustments in that? If you're, you know, getting to five o'clock and you're starving, uh, maybe you need to make your dinner a little bit earlier. Uh, so think about your meal times and what you can do to help yourself eat, eat better. And then number seven is... Um, Find some alternatives to the foods or the drinks or the time of day that are your biggest weaknesses. So you probably kind of know what is your biggest weakness and what are some alternatives that I could do for that. So let's say at 3 p.m. you want to go to the vending machine or that's when you're really craving things. So find alternatives like pack fruit every day or that's going to be your time now to have a big cup of tea uh, or in the evening, find something else that you can make. One of my favorite things is banana soft serve. So I just do frozen banana slices and I put them in a little food processor or blender 
and have like banana ice cream. It's literally two ingredients, the frozen banana and then a little bit of plant milk. So you can find some alternatives that are really low in calories or like I said, drink the tea or other flavored um, flavor waters with lemons or limes or cucumbers or any herbs that you might have. So uh, that's my number seven though, is just find the alternatives. So those are my seven tips. Great tips and so helpful. I think that uh, lifestyle is so important to help with trying to battle fibromyalgia and try to reduce the pain. And there's so much more that could be said. For some people, they may just hear this and go with it. Uh, Just like somebody hearing how a graduated exercise program is helpful. But for many, they would definitely appreciate getting some guidance and some help as they walk through this. Uh, It does take a transition, especially if somebody's been eating a certain way their whole life, and especially if they're caught up in some of the addictive qualities of food, some of the pleasure trap. Are there any uh, programs? I think you were mentioning you have an upcoming program for those who are interested in helping get guidance. Can you share about uh, more about that? Yep. So I have an upcoming course. It does start um, very beginning of March, but um, it's called Plant You. And it is an eight-week course where I it comes with my cookbook and people uh, are given information and lots of recipes. And then I do weekly coaching as well to get people transitioned to a more plant-based lifestyle. And it's super fun. We do it as a group. So that's the best part about it. And everybody gets to encourage each other. So that's the, the best part. So my website is bringjoytoyourkitchen.com and that's where you can find more information. We'll definitely have links in the show notes below. Well, that's it for this week. I hope that you have been inspired and enlightened to help move in a direction of eating more of a plant-predominant diet. I've seen the benefits with patients who adopt this as part of a comprehensive approach. Battling fibromyalgia, there's no magic pill that does it all, but there's a incremental approach. And that's with medications and with diet. And often it can be an incremental approach for making diet changes. If somebody's got severe IBS, jumping from 10 grams of fiber to 80 grams of fiber in one or two days could actually make you feel worse. Just like if somebody walks a half a mile in a day and then they go for a 10-mile walk, they would have a major flare-up. Well, until next week, again, thanks for listening to the podcast and go Team Fibro. Thank you.